It's Wednesday, December 30th. Welcome to Market Forward. I'm Chris Hill. Just me in the studio today with a few thoughts to wrap up 2015. So, as I say every time, it's just me in the studio. Yeah, feel free to skip this one. Uh, this weekend on the Motley Fool Money Show, we've got our 2016 preview show. We've got the industries to watch. We're going to make some reckless predictions. We're going to make some resolutions for 2016. And those are good in life and in investing. Resolutions are good. They're not for everybody. But if you are the type of person who makes New Year's resolutions, let me let me humbly suggest that you consider having an investing resolution. Uh, actually, have two. Have whatever it is you're going to have as your first investing resolution. Mine is going to be healthcare. My my investing resolution for 2016 is about healthcare because the more I talk to people like Christine Hargis and Michael Douglas, the more I listen to industry focus, the more I realize that healthcare is such a massive industry with so many opportunities for investors and I am almost completely missing out on it. So that's my investing resolution for 2016, but I'd love it if you would have one as well. You can email it to us, marketfoolery@fool.com. But also, it would be great if you could have your investing resolution, and then your second one be to pick an episode of one of our podcasts and send it to a friend. I had talked the other day about music and how how easy it is to share a song with a friend of yours or a family member. And when I think back on this year. One of my favorite episodes for Market Foolery was when Aaron Bush and David Kretzman and I did the two-part episode on millennials and investing. We got so many great emails, so many great questions, and so much interest, which is which is so great to see. And I just remember Tim Dowling, one of our listeners in Australia, writing in saying, "How do I get my girlfriend interested in investing?" And I love that question because of the enthusiasm that it reflects. Because it's basically Tim saying, I'm an investing nerd. How do I get my girlfriend to be an investing nerd too? And by the way, we're all investing nerds. If you're listening right now, I got news for you. You're an investing nerd. And that's okay. Because nerd doesn't mean what it meant when I was growing up as a kid. Words change over time. And nerd is one of those words that has become less pejorative over time. It's moving to be much more reflective of what is at the core of being a nerd, which is enthusiasm. So that's good that you're an investing nerd. We want more investing nerds in the world, because what we know as investing nerds is that this, right here, investing in stocks, this is the pathway to financial independence. And the more independent you are, the more choices you have, the more opportunities you have. These are all good things. So this is what we know as investing nerds. So rather than send someone a link to say the Motley Fool Answers podcast and say eh, you should listen to this podcast, just pick one episode of one podcast. It could be the Millennials and Investing series that we did a month ago on Market Foolery. It could be Motley Fool Answers. They did a great episode in early November, how to find the financial advisor of your dreams. You could send that to someone. Uh, any one of David Gardner's Rule Breaker Investing podcasts, uh, Industry Focus. Gabby LaPera the other day did a great one on the financials version of Industry Focus on how to protect yourself from identity theft. So, pick one person in your life, it could be a friend, family member, coworker, whatever, 
send them one episode of a Motley Fool podcast and just say, hey, I, I think you might like this. And by the way, they're free. So th- there is that too. By the way, I just read a 50 page research report on the podcasting industry because, in addition to being an investing nerd, I'm also a podcasting nerd. And it turns out that one of the big barriers for podcasts in general is there are still so many people whose basic question about podcasts is, well, how do I listen to this? So just know that when you send a friend or a family member an episode of a podcast, you may have to also help them get over the hurdle of just teaching them how to listen to it as well. Earlier this week, I took the day off. I took my kids down to the Smithsonian Museum of American History, and there was an exhibit on Frank Sinatra, syncing up with the 100th anniversary of Frank Sinatra's birth. And when I was looking over the exhibit, one of the things I was reminded of was the the great profile of, of uh, Frank Sinatra entitled, Frank Sinatra Has a Cold. Uh, now, if you're unfamiliar with this, uh, this was back in the 60s. Gay Talese, who's one of the, the great American writers of the last 50, 60 years, had uh, been commissioned by Esquire magazine to write a profile of Frank Sinatra. This is in about 1965. Now, let me just set the context, and I promise this is going to get looped back to investing in a moment. But at this point in time, Frank Sinatra has been arguably the most successful person in music for 20 years straight. Yes, Elvis Presley has come along. Yes, the the Beatles have come along and the British Invasion. And it's not to say that there aren't other popular people in music, but no one has had greater success over a sustained period of time over that 20 years. No one's bigger than Frank Sinatra. No one. And also along the way, He's acting in movies. He's winning an Academy Award. He's he is the biggest star in entertainment by far, and he's about to turn fifty years old. And Gay Talese is is sent out by his editor, uh, and his editor says, "This will be easy. You you go, you interview Sinatra, you write a profile. This is going to be easy." And Frank Sinatra refuses to be interviewed. So now what? This is one of those situations. If you don't have to be a boxing fan to uh, to know who Mike Tyson is, although Mike Tyson is probably better known now for acting in the Hangover movies than he is for his boxing career. But if you're of a certain age, you remember when Mike Tyson was the heavyweight, the undisputed heavyweight champ of the world. Iron Mike Tyson. He was an incredibly f- fearsome, devastating fighter. And there was a press conference before one of his fights. And I don't even remember who his opponent was, but some reporter stood up and asked Tyson, you know, are you worried because so and so, this guy you're fighting, he says he's got a plan to beat you. What do you think about that? And Tyson just replied, well, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth, which is, <laughs> you know, showing off the, the wit and wisdom of Mike Tyson. But you know that that's basically what happened to Gay Talese. He is sent out to write a ten thousand word profile of the most famous star in entertainment, and he gets punched in the mouth. He doesn't get to interview Sinatra. So now what? Now what does he do? Well, what he does is he spends months following Sinatra, watching him in public, picking up clues on how Sinatra engages with people, 
how he interacts, how he, in some cases, refuses to interact with people. He interviews people in Sinatra's entourage, and he ends up writing this piece, which is on anybody's shortlist of the greatest magazine stories ever. And it got me to thinking, well, what happened? What would have happened if Sinatra had agreed to be interviewed? What story does Gay Talese write then? Does he end up writing as great a story? That's one of those things that's unknowable, but I'm willing to bet that the answer is no, he doesn't. It's only because he has the adversity and he figures out a way to react to it. Because if you think about it, everybody has adversity, but that's not how you should define yourself. You want to define yourself by how you react to the adversity. And as investors, let's face it, we get punched in the mouth from time to time. 2015 was not a bad year for investing. The market's basically flat. But depending on which stocks you owned, yeah, 2015 could have been a bad year. If you bought Chipotle at the wrong time, 2015, not a great year. Same for lumber liquidators. Same for any number of stocks. But what do you do? What do you do when the thesis that makes you buy a stock doesn't work out? Do you quit? Because here's the thing. People do that. And if you look around hard enough or talk to enough people, you find plenty of people out there who got into stock investing, got punched in the mouth just one time, and said, that's it, I'm out. And they walk away altogether. Which is too bad, because maybe they went in with bad expectations, maybe someone told them it was going to be really easy. But the longer you stay into stock investing, the better you are able to bounce back from being punched in the mouth and keep going the distance. And that's that's what we need to keep doing in 2016 and beyond. Uh, and we here at The Motley Fool will be here to help however we can. Sometime in the next few months, we're going to do our 1,000th episode of Market Foolery. And I can say in all honesty, it never crossed my mind when we started five years ago that we were going to end up doing a thousand episodes. So I want to take just a moment before I wrap up to say thank you to all of the analysts who come into this studio and do this podcast because as I say from time to time, they're not paid to be here. I'm the only one paid to be here. They're just doing it because they love investing. They enjoy doing this from time to time. Some do it more often than others, but there's no way we're closing in on a thousand episodes without our analysts giving of themselves and their expertise and, and sharing what they know. I have to thank Dan Boyd, the man behind the glass, who is absolutely the MVP of 2015 for me. And I have to thank you for listening because I think I said this this time last year. As a podcasting nerd, I am keenly aware of the fact that you can listen to anything you want. You have more choices available to you than ever before. So, the fact that you choose to listen to this is an incredible compliment. So, thank you so much for listening. Uh, welcome to the new listeners. I know that just based on the email that the Millennials and in Investing series that we did brought in some, some new listeners. So, so welcome. Um, 
thank you for joining us. Hope you hang in there for as long as you can. But I also know that there are people listening now who have been here since uh, we started in 2011. So, thanks to all of you. Two housekeeping notes before we wrap up on the last episode of 2015. We are starting to look for summer interns for 2016. We're having an open house in early January, and all of the details are available. Just go to culture.fool.com. That's culture.fool.com. If you're in college and you're interested, or you know someone who's in college who might be interested, not just in investing, but editorial, uh, coding, technical, international, we're looking for all types of interns. And the last thing I'll say is New Year's Eve. Please be careful out there, as my father always used to say. New Year's Eve is the night when the amateur drunks are on the road. So be careful out there. Get an Uber. Get a cab. Be safe. Thank you for listening. We'll see you on Monday.